At Weird Realities Network, we believe the world revolves around stories. A wide range of storytelling masters create our lineup, sharing their creative secrets and exploring new approaches to their age-old craft, along with fresh reflections on history, science, urban legends, mythology, and folklore. Wild Women of Weird brings together a group of professional women from different parts of the country, from different age groups, and different backgrounds with different experiences to discuss the many forms of violence and discrimination women and girls face in modern times. Each month, this podcast discusses current news, true crime films, documentaries, and other podcasts. The Wild Women of Weird features licensed professional counselor Jen Sammons, graphic designer Morgana Calder, college professor Gracie Ellison, victims advocate and fiction author Hadley Thorne, investigator Crystal Michelle, HR administrator Finley Jones, author and client care representative Bethany Stutzman, entrepreneur and author Laura Martone, and professional hypnotherapist Sherry Crook. Now please like, subscribe, and be sure to leave a comment for the Wild Women before we get started. Thanks. Now you can sit back and enjoy the show. Hey, you wild women. How are y'all doing today? Hi. Good. How are you? <laughs> doing good. Let's see who we've got in the chat room. Looks like it's Landa. Hey, Landa. Hi, Landa. Hey, Landa. Well, I'm excited to talk about stalking because it's such a crazy um, under, I don't know if it's underreported, but it's just, I don't think I knew as much as I did before I started this week. Um, what did y'all think about doing your research? It's a scary thing. It's yeah, it's terrifying. It's definitely not handled well, um, by authorities. No. <laughs> um, yeah. I have yeah. so much I could say. <laughs> well, that's why we're here though. <laughs> And it sounds like, I mean, when you say it's a scary thing, it that, that is such, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It's so understated. Understated. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. Yes. That's such, I cannot imagine knowing somebody was watching me and not knowing where they are or, or where I was when they were looking at it. It's just freaky. Just freaky. Well, is it nearly one in three women? I mean, that's. I mean, I, and like I said, I, when I, I did a promo the other day is um, I've been stalked twice. I know Jen's been stalked. I know Crystal's been stalked. And Finley, I'm pretty sure you've probably been stalked. Uh, if I have, I don't know. So we're going to leave it at that. Okay. So you're, so you're the, the, you're the one, one out of the three. four of us that hasn't been. I'm the one out of the four, thankfully. That It's just terrifying. Yeah. Well, it, it was for me, and I'll just go ahead and, and tell y'all, um, we were saying this before the show, but when I was 18 years old, just left home, started college, and went out to a bar one night with some friends, and we met some guys, and then, like, you know, socialized with them somewhat, not that often, we, you know, would have a party, and they'd come to it, but um, fix this guy up with a friend of mine, and, you know, I wasn't interested in him. It, but it wasn't a thing. Like I fixed him up with a friend and that was it. I didn't think anything more about him or, or that. 
Um, and then one night we started getting these phone calls and they were asking for me and the following, and the way the night progressed was every time I'd hang up the phone, it would ring again. It rang all night. The guy was telling me he was going to rape me and kill me oh. or no, excuse me, kill me and rape me in that order. And the next morning, um, my, my roommate left to go get us some breakfast and I was scared to leave the minute she left the apartment the phone rang and he said i know you're alone <gasps> and i ran and got in the car the next morning we came outside there was a, a condom on our doorknob oh my gosh and oh. it was terrible and so i went to the police i reported it um i was terrified my dad was going to come down i mean i'm his baby you know like i said this was within probably my first six to eight weeks at college and Jen oh, probably remembers God. this. Um, but it was, it was very frightening. And then later I found out because, um, this guy that lived in my apartment complex, he, um, him, it was him and his cousin who was, who was a girl and we, you know, hung out with them. I'd met his friend from back home and, you know, so the guy and I had gone like to get some food or something. And I said something about the stalker and, that my dad had um, had talked to his, cause my dad, my dad had a lot of friends that were in secret service and FBI. And he was, you know, trying to see what he could do to find out what was going on. Well, the guy says, well, it's not going to happen again. He goes, I know who it was. <laughs> and it was his friend from back home. That was how I met my, my neighbor. And he was at my neighbor's house and he would watch me. We had a courtyard where our apartments were and he would watch out the window when we were coming and going. So he saw my roommate leave that night. He called all that night. And I'm sitting here thinking he, and he was going to become a preacher. He had a scholarship to seminary um, down at William Carey College. And I thought he was a real nice guy. And, oh, we lost Jen. Um, and that's my, my first encounter with stalking. And it was incredibly frightening yeah that's horrifying it's oh absolutely horrifying um with with me um like i said i kind of consider it like light stalking i don't know if that's an actual term but uh it was not it thankfully didn't escalate too far um it was for me it was in college and it was a guy that was actually in one of my theology classes with me um, so it was really hard to get away from him because I was in a class with him. Um, and he, I lived on campus. He did not. Um, but he would like, um, stand outside my apartment on campus and just like, wait for me. And he would just like stare at my balcony, just watch us from outside all the time. I'm um, just watching. He'd just like follow me around campus. I um, grew up in the desert, went to school back east. And so like when the fall leaves fell and everything, I was just like, oh my gosh, I was like so excited. I was such a little kid about it. And I was like, this is just like one thing I really remember. Um my, I was talking to my friend and I was like, we should go play in the leaves. So she and I were playing in the leaves, just having a good time. And he was just like standing there watching the whole time. Like people were telling him to leave and he was just like, no, I'm going to stay. But finally, before it like escalated too much and he started like asking me, he'd be like, oh, um, 
I want you to come home with me for Thanksgiving. I want to, I want you to meet my parents. I think we should get married. And like, just all this like out there stuff that never was anywhere in our, cause like, to me, I'm like, you're just this guy in my class that I've talked to a few times. Right. But he was just doing all that. And one day, um, after class, my one friend that was in the class with us, all three of us were in the class. He and I were walking, uh, to the mailroom on campus to get our mail and we were talking and he was just like following right behind us, breathing down our necks. And my friend that was with us just stopped or that was with me, not with us, stopped, turned around. And he was like, what are you doing? And he was just like, oh, I'm just following her. I'm just following Crystal. Um, I'm just this, I just follow her around. And he was like, you need to stop. He's like, it's creepy. It's disgusting. And if you don't stop, I am reporting you. He's like, she hasn't reported you yet. And I don't know why, but I will report you to campus security and there will be more issues. Um, and he actually like stopped after that. Like, I think like having a guy that was like protecting me was like enough for him to be like, okay, like I'm going to stop. But like, for months, I couldn't go anywhere on campus alone because I was terrified to go anywhere because he was always there. And he didn't even live on campus. So it wasn't like, oh, he lives in the dorm next door. No, he lived like somewhere else and was just always on campus waiting for me. Well, so. that's that's the scary thing is we we live in a culture where on TV and um, on in movies, you know, a lot of times the message is if you're persistent enough, someone will fall in love with you. Steve Urkel. Yeah. He's a perfect example. Yeah. And that's, no. I don't know if I know that story. What did Steve Urkel do? No. Oh, in the show Family Matters. Like, he's just so persistent. (laughs) And eventually they end up together because he persisted. And, like, he's this goofy character and it's played out, like, very comically. And he never threatened her. But but that i think but it does it like gives people that oh well if i'm just persistent well, there's, there's a line between being persistent and it being awkward and weird and mm-hmm. stalking but where's that line you know well if someone asks you to stop doing something and that's you go past that line um yeah. you know it it that's when it becomes harassment i mean that's legally what they talk about if you have somebody who calls and calls you and you don't want it, and then mm-hmm. they they call you 20 times, and then finally you say, stop calling me, and they continue to call, that's when they've crossed the line. Well, I think, I mean, and I think that's the thing with um, stalking is a lot of it has to do with your comfort level. Like, if, you, if someone is uncomfortable by your attention, and you're, you know, oh, but I just bought her a gift, well, I don't want your gift. You know, I don't I don't like this. That's stalking. You know, if you tell someone, you know, you don't need to be talking with me. I mean, and and this, I'm going to go into my second um, tier here, and then I'm going to talk with Jennifer about hers. But my, my second stalker was my, my second husband. And I had to ask my attorney to contact him and say, any interaction goes through me. You do not contact her. You do not. And he still, he couldn't, he could not stop himself from being, you know, sending me harassing emails. I had to have the IT guy at work block them. We had to, you know, make, 
there was a lot of effort put into just having him stop with the, you know, the hate filled stuff that he was sending me. And, um, you know, I think I told y'all for like three years after our divorce, it, he continued. And I still, to this day, when I go places, I wonder if, if he'll be there because that's what it was like. Like I would go somewhere and there he would be. Um, I've seen it happen to friends with people they're involved with. And Jennifer's got her own story. And like I said, I'm not sure if how deep you want to get into it, Jennifer, but I think yours is a valuable one that needs to be shared because it, it is the new, the new way of stalking. Yes. Um, I don't know about you, Heather, um, or sorry, Hadley. See, there you go. <laughs> um, using my name was, um, something I was a little bit on the fence about today, weirdly. Um, and that's not usually something I think about with this, but um, yeah, it was, it is something I think about. And actually I have two. Um, one was in college. This one's the easy one. It's not easy in that, <laughs> yes, stalking is scary as hell. Um, I had broke up with somebody I had started dating what was going to be my future husband and um, we weren't quite dating yet, but we were getting close to it. And I broke up with this guy. He did not like seeing me out with someone else. And it happened to be my friend's birthday and we were trying to stay there, but he wouldn't leave it alone. This is kind of more, well, it wasn't really his place, but it didn't matter. Like the, bar was one of those places where they both knew both of us. They all, all the servers, the DJ, in fact, the DJ called him over um, at one point because he wouldn't leave me alone. And the staff saw what was happening. And I was like, you need to leave me alone. Stop talking to me. And he was like standing up behind me. And I was worried he was going to try and take a swing at the person I was with. Um, when he got called up to the DJ booth, we bolted. He's like, you want to get out of here? And I go, absolutely. Um, so we leave and my friend ended up calling and leaving me a voicemail message saying, get the hell out of there. Um, I don't know where you're at, but don't stay at home. He's trying to find you. And um, I had called and listened to my messages. And right as soon as I hung up, <clears throat> I had called from my John's house, who was going to be my future husband, and listened to that message. Someone called right back, and John answers the phone, and it was him. And I was like, How did he know where I was? Like, that's so scary. And the whole night I was afraid. We, he took me back home um, that night or that next day. And when we walked up, he's like, are you okay? Are you sure you can, you know, go in? And I'm like, oh yeah, no, I'll be fine. I walk up and I see wood chips all over, like in mm. front of my door. He had broke my door in and he had listened to my friend leaving that message and also had like saw on caller ID. I, I know for all you kids out there that don't know what that is. Um, <laughs> caller ID, <laughs> caller ID boxes used to be a thing. And you used to be able to see who called. So I called from John's number and he called me back from my phone. 
Oh my oh, gosh. My so horrifying. That's so scary. I'm glad you didn't go home that night. I know. Me too. I mean, I, I don't know if I would have or not, but Aaron was like, don't try and meet me out. Don't, because he is following me now. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's oh, it was so scary when he called John's number. It's like, John goes, he doesn't know where I live. And I go, well, how did he have your number? Like, I couldn't figure, I couldn't put those two together. And I didn't. And, he, and next thing I know, I'm, you know, like in a scary movie, you go, why would you go in? Like, <laughs> you see the door. Yeah. I, I did. I was like, no, this didn't really just happen. And I'm inside. I'm in the living room. And I'm like, should I run? What the, what is happening? Like, did he come in here and sleep? Like, and next thing I know, I turn around and it was John and I, he startled me and I was screaming. I was like, ah! <laughs> and he goes, I knew something was up. He goes, I just had an awful feeling. Yeah. And he's like, you're coming with me. No, 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 you're not staying here. He's like, you don't even have a way to lock your door, Jennifer. Mm -mm. Oh my gosh. I, I cannot imagine. I, it's bad enough that he was following you like that but to know that he was in your house and calling you from your own phone mm -hmm. is yeah scarier to me than anything else that you just said yeah that's just that's, that's so haven. horrifying it's so scary and oh my gosh it and actually that was the easy one <laughs> oh my yeah, god the, the next one is worse much worse <laughs> uh. <laughs> um i divorced eventually from john and I ended up, and now, mind you, he was not somebody who stalked me at all in the beginning or during. Um... Oh, no, oh. we lost her again. Oh. Y'all are going to freak out when she tells y'all the story. Oh, my gosh. But, um, I just told them that you were going to freak out. <laughs> <laughs> Well, <laughs> doesn't it seem like terrible timing? I'm telling <laughs> you. horrible timing. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> well, and that happens a lot with me and Heather. Um, it was after I, well, it started before, but I didn't know that's what it was. Um, any phone or computer or... Uh, well, things just seem to break when I'm around. Um, and I can't help but think it's still that because um, that's pretty much what was used as a way to control me. And boy, did it. Um, between like Google Maps and mm -hmm. all the things, the ways that people track people now, like if you think of tracking your kids. Right. That's what was used on me. And I didn't even know those things were around. Like, I didn't think to even look for that. I had parental controls on my phone and I didn't even know it. It was my phone line. I had had it since I moved here. And I had parental controls on my business and personal cell that you couldn't have told me were there. I. I wouldn't have believed it until I had the AT&T people telling me. 
Yeah, that's that's really scary. And that really is the new thing. And it's like, it's why I have like on all my apps, like location always turned off. Like, although yeah. I will say um, sometimes if I'm like, if I'm like meeting up with somebody from a dating app or something, I'll turn on my Snapchat location so that my friends can keep track of me just for while I'm gone. And we also, this is not about stalking, but we also take pictures of our outfits and we're like, I'm going to meet this guy at this place and give like as much information as possible. And I'm like, <laughs> if you don't hear from me in this amount of time, find out my location and call the cops. Yeah, I can't even imagine even writing anything about what I was doing and where I'm going. Like that yeah. is just, yeah. But it's like those location services are so scary, so terrifying, but can also be used to like, help keep you safe in certain ways but you just have to be careful about who you're sharing that with and when and, well, and I worked at a computer place after all of this happened and um mostly because I was wanting to know how did he do a lot of it tell us <laughs> story like, about your cell phone getting turned off oh yeah that's, well that's, you know how reliant you are on your cell phone mm -hmm. well there were two things that happened related to that that were very um, life-changing almost. Um, related to the computer, the one that was very uh, life-changing was I had been in a session and turned around. And you know how you hit your mouse and your screen pops up? Mm -hmm. It was a camera shot of me. And I didn't even know I had a freaking camera on that, that computer. Oh, my gosh. It's terrifying. Yes. Very. Um, which he was remoting in, basically. And um, this is 2016-ish, uh, somewhere in there. Um, one day I woke up, how I found out that I had parental controls on my phone is I woke up, I couldn't use text message. I couldn't make phone calls. I couldn't, I couldn't use the internet. I couldn't do anything with my phone except dial star 611, which was to get to AT&T. That was the only thing it let me do. It probably would have let me call 911, but not something you do <laughs> when your phone is just acting crazy, right? Um, he had turned off all my data, all my Wi-Fi, all my text messaging, everything. And I was like, talking to the AT&T person, she's like, you're going to have to go up to the store. And I was like, for what? I go, my bill is paid. What are you, what is going on? Why is my phone acting crazy? You're going to, ma'am, you're going to have to go up there. Well, he had gotten into my AT&T account and I didn't know this at the time, but there's a website you can go to and you can turn all that stuff on and just report your phone lost. So, That's so scary. It is very scary. Um, so I got the parental controls removed. That was good. Um, but then I was like, you know, I got to get my Apple account secured. So Apple stores are not, there's like one in every city, basically. And ours was down in the plaza area, which is like a 20, 25 minute drive, something like that. So I go down to the Apple store <clears throat> and I'm in the store. I'm explaining to the person next to me who's a salesperson kind of what's happening She's like, we're going to call your stuff in and then we'll get your password changed and everything should be fine. So I'm on with someone and I have one standing next to me. 
the phone cuts out about a minute into the conversation. And I was like, okay. And she goes, oh, no, no, no. They'll call right back. That, that's not a problem. They, they're supposed to call back within one to two minutes. Nothing happens. So I go over and I said, can I use your phone and call AT&T and find out what's going on? I go, because nothing's happening on my phone. I can't seem to work it. Um, I call AT&T, find out my phone was reported lost or stolen. And I'm in the middle of the store. And I look at the person that was helping me and I was like starting to cry. And then I thought, you, you don't have time for that. And I go... Oh my God. I go, what am I going to do? And they go, I thought we were the bottom line in security, but you have to have service before you can have security. And I was like, you're right. I guess I, <laughs> I'm like, I just have to figure this out with AT&T. So I called, I was talking to them about that. I, I was still on the phone with AT&T and the service person was like, I'm sorry, ma'am, you know, there's not a lot we can do to help you. And I said, can I go in and change the password, though, for my account so I can feel like it's somewhat secure? Yes, yes, yes. So I finally got the phone turned back on, but they said, we're going to monitor it until I tell you this. But when you've reported your phone lost or stolen, Jennifer, it can go off again in the next 24 hours. So you just need to turn it off. Okay, so you're you're without a phone for 24 hours. So that's when you go and buy one of those drop phones. Like, <laughs> I was just like, I can't win. Wow. Well, what about when he was in the house? Now that that, that was the Google Maps part. Oh my goodness. Um, he had told me he was over at a friend's house, and um, <clears throat> he was going to be probably a mile and a half away, which, cause we were of course fighting. I was saying, I don't know how you're doing this, but I know you are. And, um, that's weird. Hmm. Okay. With this happening right in the middle of her talking about how she was getting her phone cut off. It's like super creepy. <laughs> like, like yes, I'm already freaked out. Okay, Jennifer, but her data's messed up. Her picture's gone and everything. Yeah, the litter. Yeah, that's just having your phone cut off though, and like especially because it's not like people have landlines anymore, unless you're my parents. Like, <laughs> I mean, I literally have never had a landline my entire adult life. Um with the exception of one time when I had just gotten out of college and bundling the internet and phone was cheaper than just getting the internet alone. So we technically had a landline, but we didn't have a phone. So like it was useless, like, and That's nobody crazy. used it because all three of us that lived there, like we all had our cell phones. Like That's kind of how mine is now. I, I yeah. have a landline but i don't even know what the number is yeah yeah i had no none of us knew what the number was and i think we had like i do think we had a phone somewhere in the house just in case of emergencies and we absolutely would have to use a landline but usually you don't have to do that like 
Right. Why would you have to use a landline in an emergency? You have your cell phone like somewhere on you. You're going to use that. So yeah, it was just, but yeah, the things people can do to your phones. Well, tech abuse is a huge thing now. And that's one of the things that when I was working in cybercrime that, you know, I learned about, but when I went from cybercrime to domestic violence, it was just incredible what people, you know, are doing with that information now, what they can do. Mm -hmm. And it's with Jennifer and I reconnected around this time and to see what she went through and to know how helpless she felt. Okay. I'm so sorry. Yes, I'm here. You're freaking us out. (laughs) Well, this one was a little worse because it was like I was never even on. And I'm like, what's happening? Why is it not? Sorry. Okay, I'm back. Um. So the next day, about 11.30 that morning, I left and I went back home. I was like, well, if he's there, he's there. Um, mind you, when we were in each other's presence, I didn't feel afraid like you think I would have, because there was still a huge part of me that thought, surely there's some sort of other explanation. There's got to be. He wouldn't do this to me. Um, he wasn't supposed to be there. So I did, and I didn't see his car. So I was like, I'll just go home. Um, about an hour later, my, the friend that I stayed at her house, um, she goes to the store and came back and her lock was broke. And of course she thought him now keep in mind, she was a mutual friend. She, in fact, knew him longer than she'd known me. And, but she said, I knew, I knew it was him. Because, you know, I had just told her all this stuff that I was going through. Um, and she said, Jennifer, you know, it was just, it was just not right. And I knew it wasn't right. And I knew there was something really scary about all of it. And I think. I think I went back over there that night. I don't remember because honestly, there was so much stuff that happened. Um, but yeah, anytime things go freaky on my phone, <laughs> or when I'm Heather, especially me, Heather, Heather is still the one that I get cut off. Um, there's this weird thing that happens when she calls. I don't hear anything, and she doesn't hear anything. And actually, it sounds like it's still ringing. Um, on her side of it, but on my side of it, it looks like I answered and we've been talking. I've sent you how many screenshots of how long we've talked. Mm-hmm. Like, supposedly, we've been on the phone for 20 seconds, Heather. Wow. That's so weird. That's so weird. Yes, it is. Okay, so let's talk about somebody else besides my crazy ass. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, we can, because I know that we all did um, some research and everything, so we can we can move on from our own stories. I think. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Bringing up our own terror. <laughs> well, and well, I mean, I keep think, in I mind, I I divorced in 2017, so it's still something that I don't, I can't explain. Yeah. Yeah. 
I mean, and that's the thing that everyone needs to understand about stalking is once you've been stalked, the victim is always looking over their shoulder because periodically mm-hmm. you usually do. It, it's it, for me, um, and this is not just in my, my, it's from working in the field and, um, and I'm sure Jennifer can testify is once you've had that happen, you don't want to get on their radar again. And mm-hmm periodically you will they'll think about you and you know i have a friend that periodically she'll just have that feeling she's like i've got that feeling and she was stalked for years and it wasn't a, she um she dated a middle eastern man and his whole community was watching her Mm-mm. um i knew his sister-in-law she um was American and my friend was having all these issues and she wanted to meet with her. And you know, she, she said, um, just tell her to be careful because he has her followed. And it verified what my friend had been saying, but my friend was so gaslit and thought that she, you know, everything she said sounded crazy, but you know, it was, it was true. This was really mm-hmm. happening to her. It lo- sounded like a lifetime movie. But in reality, I mean, and, that, and the thing is, a lot of times these people will recruit people in the community to help them. And the people don't even realize, you yeah. know, I think um, in my case with, with my ex-husband, after the divorce, um, I had gone to coffee with a friend of mine. And there was a lady in that group I'd never met. She knew exactly who I was. And she was trying to invite me and my, my new boyfriend over to a party. And it's just like that spotty sense was going off. And it's that, that knowing. And they were friends. And she, I don't know what she knew about me. But she was trying to recruit me to come over to her house. I don't know if they were going to you know, gang up on me or what. But, I mean, I was terrified. I was terrified to go anywhere for years. And I'm still, like I said, you still have that feeling. You carry that with you. I mean, like I said, like my case, like it was stopped before it was like it became super severe. And like, luckily, he was never able to get into my apartment building because literally the only people that could get into the apartment buildings, like, and even the dorms, like the door, like my campus was like very like safety oriented, which was really nice. Um, So like you couldn't get into a dorm or one of any other on campus housing just because you were there. You had to live in that building to have access to it because we had the like the cards. It was card access and you only had access if you lived in that building. So like luckily he was never able to get into the building or anything. And I just had to be like careful. And like, I mean, he was always there no matter where I was on campus. But um, it still affects things I do to this day. And I'm just like, I don't like, I, I don't hear you. That is exactly how I feel about it. it yeah. Um, like that's why I never tag locations where I'm at or anything. I'm like, if you need to know where I'm at, you know, I don't need you to know. I don't want people to know where I'm at. All right. You know, would they say if you ask a stalking victim, has anything happened? Has any, is it happening still? Have they stalked you anytime recently? Their answer is not going to be, no, everything's fine. It's totally stopped. Not recently is usually what's the answer because mm-hmm. it always feels like it can start up again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And 
And uh, Hadley, you were mentioning the gaslighting, and it's just like I was watching. Um, I was watching a Netflix series called "I Am a Stalker," so they were interviewing stalkers, um, and every single one of them downplayed what they were doing and tried to make it sound like it was the victim's fault. And you know that that's what they were doing in their interactions as well. And they were, they didn't even, none of them lied about it. I think they were all pretty honest, but it's just like, that's what they do. They want you to think, they want you to think you're going crazy or that whatever's happening is your fault. You did something to deserve it. Mm -hmm. So, you know what this what stalking reminds me of, and it and it's this the fictional movie. I think it was the new one that came out. Uh, well, I say new. It's been it's a couple years old. Is it the remake of the invisible? Was it the Invisible Man? Oh my God, that's the most yeah. terrifying movie to me. But nobody believed her. Yeah, yeah, that is scary. Nobody believed. I her. barely made it through like the first. 20 minutes of it that is, movie. It, it, <laughs> and then it, I, I did end up getting through all of it, but it was the scariest movie. I can imagine it was triggering. When oh, we did you. movies that truly terrify us mm -hmm. on, on watching Weird, that was my pick. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And yeah, Christy, that, my I have a good friend named Christy. She said, oh, Jenny, but you have to watch the end. It, it, it all, you know, kind of works out. And I said, it is like torture watching it i go like when she and i know people don't understand this but this happened to me as well this was one of the scariest things that i saw in that movie when she her sister got that email that said you're you're the problem you're the bitch la la like i'm not gonna help you and you know you never helped me and all these terrible things to her sister it looked like it was from her yeah, I had that happen. He did that to me. Oh, that's so horrifying. Yeah, that's by the way, Google and Facebook are two of the worst offenders as far as um, <laughs> location stuff. So make sure those are turned off if you don't want to be because those are the those. I mean, it, you can turn off all your locations. It your phone is still going to be able to be tracked. Yeah. It makes it a lot easier if you have all your locations on, but the phone company and 911 can still track you, even if your location is off. That's I think that's one of the reasons people keep it on is because they think, <laughs> well, I want people to be able to find me. Yeah. But yeah, but it's about having the correct people able to find you. Right. And, and like, that's why I mentioned like with, with Snapchat, like that's, um, my location's always off, except in very specific circumstances for very specific amounts of time. Um, and I'm doing that as a safety at that time. Um, yeah. but, but in general, I'm like, people don't need to know where I am. And if 911 needs to find me, they, they'll use the GPS on my phone. Like, I mean, it probably takes some time to get access to it, but still. My husband and my daughters can, they know where I am at all times. They can see where I am. Yeah. And if I'm traveling, I'll send my sisters a link just so there's that extra person. If something mm -hmm. happens and, you know, and they need to find me, then they can 
they can. I didn't understand this at the time. I didn't know that that was one way to do it. So like he was my husband. People said stuff like, well, why would you give him access to your um, accounts? And I said, you know, he asked me questions and I thought it was because he loved me and just was curious. What was that street you grew up on again with Christy? Oh, wow. Well, that's one of those security questions. So he yep. knew things that he could get into any account I had. Oh my gosh, it always terrifies me when I see on social media people that are posting those little quizzes that they're Absolutely. literally asking those questions right. that are security questions. It's like, why are you putting that information out there? Like, don't do it. People don't need to know that th those things. Right. And it just makes me so scared for those people and their safety. I'm like, don't do it. It's a trap. <laughs> who was your favorite teacher? Those kind of things. Yeah. Yeah. I don't even remember who my favorite teacher was, so I'm safe. <laughs> I was actually thinking about that the other day. Not like I was thinking about like my like my favorite professors, um, and I was just like, you know, like I have these few professors that are like they just made like this huge impact in my life, and they were just like, and I'm like, they probably don't even remember me because they have so many students throughout so many years. <laughs> but yeah, that's not difference, but. They're not ever going to be security question answers. No, they wouldn't be security question answers for me either. <coughs> Excuse me. Every security question I, I have now, I've changed it in my own mind. And it doesn't make sense. And I'm just going to give you one example that I don't use anymore. But like they'd say, who's your favorite teacher? And I'd say chocolate milk. Like they would make no yeah. sense. Right. Well, I I did something like that with one of my work passwords. Um, but apparently, and it was like, what was your mother's maiden name? Apparently, I forgot that I made it some weird thing. And so every time I would call IT and they'd ask the security question to know that it was the right person <laughs> trying to get into my work network, I was answering it wrong. Right. And finally, and so then they'd have to call my manager and make sure that it was me. And Finally, I was just like, where can I go to change this? Because I wasn't sure where, because like the IT system can be weird on my work network. And I was like, where can I go to change this? Because obviously I have no idea what this answer is. So I, I kind of messed myself up by doing that. And I'm not doing that again. But Oh, I lost my Facebook account that I had had for several years, like 10 years at well, least. Can I? So. <sighs> I don't know. Stalking's bad. Let's just, I'm, I'm not going to make Jennifer put all her business out there, but. Um. <laughs> well, I, I kind of already did. So I'm okay with it now. I just, well, I was going to say, talk about what he did with your son. Well, because like I said, the security questions were easy. You can break right back into any account. If you know those at that time, first of all, you couldn't shut down Facebook. That was, that was one big thing that I found out. Like every time I'd shut my account down, it popped back up open. And I was like, how is he doing this? Well, they only had one security question. <clears throat> he knew the answer. So he could go in there and change my password. He did the exact same thing to my son's iCloud account. And so he got all of my song, the, all the songs that my son had. And he was like 12 or 13. And I don't know about you guys, but. At 12 or 13, music was my life. Like, mm -hmm. somebody mm -hmm. took your whole record album <laughs> collection. That's what that was like for him. I can't imagine the mama bear wanting to come out. 
oh, it was horrible. I, yes, it made it real easy, real clear. And he used my son in, in trying to make sure that he looked innocent. Um, one time he had my son come in and say, mom, I don't think he did it. And I said, I don't know what you're talking about. Mind you, he was in the other room. He had already, and I was like, I go, what I don't know is who else could possibly have done that. And my son goes, well, you, he says you have no proof. And I said, what kind of innocent person says that? Right. Right. That's not something an innocent person says in my experience. Nope. I guess. And I (laughs) screamed, don't you use my child. You know? Oh my God. Yes. I wanted to kill him. The, the final straw people always go, okay, well, what was the final straw? Um, I was of course not wanting to sleep near him, but I said, okay, I want your phone right next to me. And he said, okay, as long as you keep it plugged in, well, he had put some weird stupid app that as long as you keep it, kept it plugged in that you would have this pop up. So I unplugged it. (laughs) And said, yes, I'd like to end that app. Because he thought, oh, she can't get in if she doesn't know. Well, got that done. And I started taking a picture of it. And what I noticed on his phone was every picture I took went into Jennifer Salmon's pictures. That was the final straw. That was about three in the morning, I think, two or three in the morning. I went into that room that he was sleeping in because he wasn't sleeping next to me at that time. And I said, you get the fuck out of my house. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's pretty much what I said. Sorry for the F-bomb. Uh, but that's what people, I mean, another thing that when it comes to stalking, I mean, it, it can be someone who you're involved with. It doesn't have to be a stranger. It, you know, there's, what is it, like three different types of stalkers. There's the one that, like, it could be someone that you've never met they usually get obsessed with like you know a, a celebrity and then you have the ones but then then you have the ones that lead into the domestic violence situations and that's you know in jen's situation that's what hers was like mm-hmm. you know um mine as well but i mean like i said my ex was weird because a lot of his stuff it happened after the divorce papers were signed it's like that's when he became obsessed. It was like he because he lost that control. Going back to the control thing. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. Um like like I said, like so on that series, like one of the things that one of the guys said, he was like, the stalking, like it started as they were going through the divorce, and he was like, I was trying to keep my family together. And it's like by terrorizing your ex-wife, like, how is that going to keep your family together? But that's that's their mindset is that they're trying to accomplish something. Um, they're well, trying to control. This is one of the one of the things that was said to me that should have been a red flag was um, my ex said to me, "You just don't go along with the script in my head." Oh my! And oh. how creepy is that? Yeah, that's and not going like, oh. to go along with the script in his head. <laughs> but and and then, but that to me, because I, I did watch some of those um, 
I am I am a stalker show mm-hmm. on Netflix, and that, that I could true. just I could see that mentality is yeah. you know I have my own world and you're not going along with it. Okay, well, so yeah, so this this that's a good segue into this the case that I researched because I'm dying because y'all keep talking about this stuff and and it's all over this woman's case. So if you're okay with it, I want to go. Yeah. yeah. Go. Okay. So, Anna Nassett. Have y'all ever heard of her? No. Okay. I've heard so, the name. Port Townsend, Washington. Washington State is where she was from. In 2011, let me look at my notes. In 2011, she was the owner of an art gallery and she was loving life and a man approached the door one night while she was getting her window ready for the next day. And she opened the door crack and he said he had a gift for her. It was a piece of artwork and he wanted to come in. And anyway, she ended up telling him no, that she wasn't going to do his artwork or whatever. Well, he started in the initial exchange, she gave him her card and she said the messages started immediately. And so this man that was stalking her, I'm just going to go ahead and throw this out there. He ended up being charged with felony cyber stalking and aggravated stalking in the end. But from, I think it was 2011, I mean, 2012, 2013, he ended up going to jail for a year because he was, he victimized or he had 12 prior convictions for stalking and harassment and 16 different protection orders with multiple women. And while he was in jail for the prior convictions, he would send letters to his victims, which violated the no contact orders on multiple occasions. Right. Anyway, so this woman ended up losing her business because she was closing early because she didn't want to be there after dark. Anyway, it just got to a point where she could not conduct business because she was limiting herself because she was terrified to be out. Yeah. She moved a couple of times. She said her dad ended up getting sick, so she had to move back. I think she said to uh, Vermont. So she's in Vermont, and she had a, a false sense of security because he wasn't there. But he found her again, and it was all these mess. So for nine years, he would message her. He just terrorized her. And finally, she she went to the police and they initially told her they couldn't do anything about it. And then finally, she talked to a right cop at the right precinct. And he said, you need to start keeping a log. You need to make, uh, you know, keep a log, keep a track of everything that's happening. Any kind of messages, you need to keep copies of it, whatever. So for three years... She kept all of this information and was giving it to uh, this cop. And they were finally able to build a case good enough to convict him. And the judge said <clears throat> that he was going to sentence him to the maximum of 10 years for felony stalking, which is unheard of because mostly it's most charges or most convictions are 13 to 17 months. Mm-hmm. But this guy, y'all, I'm so all over the place. He decided in this case, he didn't want a jury trial. So it was a bench trial. 
And so while he was there, she, Anna Nassett said, he used the legal system to continue to harass his victims. He would write letters to the police about her. He was writing letters to them telling her how, telling them how evil she was. And then in those letters that he was writing to the police, he would use that language that didn't get him in trouble. He would say, she should die or uh, this is how she should die. But he never said, I want to kill her or I'm going to kill her this way or anything. So he, he got away with it that way. But then when it came time for the trial, he defended himself. So he was able to cross-examine her and the other victims. She said that she was so... Re-victimization. Right. It is. Oh, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, distraught and anxious. She said she never looked at him in the courtroom. She would look at the judge or she'd look at the prosecuting attorney. But that she eventually had a bucket in the witness stand with her because she was physically ill. She would take a break and go to the bathroom and be violently ill. Just throwing up. And then... I bet. Yeah. So, anyway, I got this article about her from uh, the Port Townsend Leader from October 2nd of 2019. And Lily Height was the the, uh, reporter that wrote this. And somebody commented on it and said... Because the guy that stalked her, and I'm not giving his name because, you know, why give him that spotlight or whatever you want to call it? He was supposedly uh, suffering from bipolar schizophrenia, I believe, is what what I heard. Anyway, this person said regarding the mental health issue, what needs to happen is a change in the law regarding mental illness and criminal behavior and involuntary treatment. This man was afforded the opportunity to receive appropriate treatment, but he declined. And with the laws that we currently have, he left the system with no other alternative but to incarcerate him. And this man's parents said that they were so sorry for the victims and, uh, They hope that the victims and others feel safer. They're deeply grieved that they have suffered. But it looks like nothing was done to try to get him help in the beginning, which is what led to it. But I mean, that's the mental health system in America for you, honestly. Yeah. I mean, we definitely need to have stronger anti stalking laws, though. Yes. Um, Yes, Absolutely. But that's the the thing about stalking that's so. terrible is that so much of it is just your perception you know they can make it they can put a spin on it oh well you know i was just at the same store that you were at with your child or Mm -hmm. your your, um your mother was at i mean because i've i've heard of people doing that where they show up not just where the person is but where their family members are and just run into them to try and gather information about people um, oh, yeah. Well, well the ju- yeah. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Sorry. The judge in this case basically said, I think that when he gets out of jail or no, there was no remorse. And so one of the people that was interviewed said, I think when he gets out, he's going to continue the same activities because he doesn't have any remorse. He does not show any kind of, um, uh, 
he doesn't take any responsibility for what he's done. He just does not see that he's doing anything wrong. And there were no consequences, so why would he? Exactly. Right. Well, now, I mean, he's he spent a year in jail for violation of a protective order because he was stalking a different woman. And then when he got out, he immediately started again. But in the course of the trial, when he was cross-examining uh, Anna, he said something that led her to believe that he had been stalking her for three years prior to when he actually first approached her because he was asking her about specific incidents from 2008 before she ever met him. Well, the scary thing about stalking is it can go bad fast. Mm -hmm. I mean, look at that case of those college students. What was it in? Oh gosh, they were they're off like four or five of them were murdered. Oh, um, Iowa? Yes, yes Iowa. Yeah. <clears throat> and they think that he was stalking one of the girls. Yeah. So, I mean, that's how, I mean, you just never know. Yeah. I mean, well, well I, I, oh. I ended, I'm sorry. I, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. No, you're good. Um, it did affect my business. I, I did lose my business for a time. I got a restraining order. Um, well, what's called an order of protection here. And um, in order to get that, you get the ex parte, which is like without the person being there, you get the initial one. And then the second one, you have to go back into court. He got an attorney. Now, that's not something that happens every day. Basically, I'm saying, leave me alone. Don't talk to me. Don't contact me. And he got an attorney to fight that. I, on the other hand, represented myself in trying to get the order of protection. Um, I had to cross-examine him. So his attorney is the one that examined me. Mm -hmm. But I had, when he was up on the stand saying he didn't do it, um, he kind of, he buried himself by doing that. Um, because when he was up on the stand, he tried to portray himself as, just kind of like a dumb truck driver that, you know, just a good guy. No, I don't, I don't know anything about anything. I don't know what she's talking about. He worked in the military. He, he was extremely smart. Um, and he had his doctorate in divinity, which <laughs> it's interesting. Both Heather and I have someone who was in school and had went and tried to become a pastor and, yeah. Oh, my ex-husband too. I don't know. If That's I... what I was saying. Is you have the same thing. Like, and the judge is actually the one. The judge is the one that got him because she said, "I don't know anything about stuff." She's like, you know, I don't know the difference between software and hardware. And he said, "I don't either, Your Honor." And she's like, well, it's just really confusing to me, these things. And and he says, well, let me explain it to you. It's like this. And he starts going into it. And he, oh, my gosh. <laughs> so he's the one that got me the order of protection because he couldn't help himself. He knew too much about things. Yeah. He, he couldn't stand not to tell <laughs> what he knew. His ego got him. Is That's what got him in the Absolutely. end. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, there was there was one of the guys um, in the I am a stalker. They um, the 
his his victim had been like their relationship had started getting violent and that's when she went to end it and when like all the stuff started and he's just like she's like you know like talking about how he choked her and hit her and he's like well she came to me with a black eye one day and told me that I had hit her and he's like no I didn't I didn't hit her I told her when we first started dating if I ever hit you to call the cops and she didn't call the cops so it didn't happen and it just like the way they like warp their mind around things is like oh well if the cops didn't call it it never happened like and it's just like this ego that they think everybody's going to believe whatever they say even if it goes clearly against evidence that they are sometimes putting forward I really, I really, really think that it's a mental defect that in their mind, it is so clear. I mean, obviously it happened this way in their head. So it's got to be a mental defect. Mm -hmm. What is, what would be normal to us is completely abnormal to them. Yeah. And they just, they just think like, oh, well, if this is what I'm saying, it's true. And their ego is going to think everybody's going to believe whatever. So, but I like that um, your ex's ego is what really got him in the end, Jen. It's explaining. Yeah. He started like, it, it was a female judge too. And that she was just kind of like playing stupid. Like I, I honestly think she was to see what he did know. Yeah, because as women, we know that guys that are like that don't think we know anything anyway. So if you play just a little bit stupid, you can get them like, I'm not saying, hey, we should be manipulative. But if you're trying to get information out of a guy and they think you're dumb, if you play into that, they'll admit what they're doing. Yeah. Well, and he did. Yeah. Because it wasn't me, the cross-examination, he tried to say to me that he didn't have his doctorate. And I said, you don't have your doctorate. Now, mind you, he tells everybody and their dog he does. And he's like, well, on paper. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> well, <laughs> I don't you know. have it. Like, <laughs> that, that is what it is. It's a piece of paper saying, hey, you went right. through all these classes. You defended your dissertation. Like, right. How else are you going to have it? You're not going to have it any other way than on paper. Right. But it was like he was talking all the way around it. And then I was like, Ugh. but I think he was trying to say, like, I'm not a I'm not a doctor. So, but I didn't ask that. I was asking, are you do you have your doctorate degree? Yes, he does. Yeah. Wow. I mean, your PhD is not the same thing as like saying like it's we all know there's different types of doctors like. And having your doctor yeah. isn't being a doctor. Like. Right. So, yeah, I mean, that's the kind of stuff that she absolutely, I think, had to have known. Okay, well, he's either going to tell me what he does know or he's going to not. And, you know, he's going to continue playing dumb on all fronts. And boy, he just couldn't help himself. He starts explaining. He's like, it's like radio waves, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, he worked on satellites in the military. So I'm like, he, this man knows way more than he's pretending to uh yeah if you worked on satellites you know quite a bit of stuff yeah but i'm sorry it's not supposed to be all about me I'm, i apologize but everything you guys were saying and i think i know anna nesbitt because i think it, it like was 
um, one of the first cases that really was taken to where it needed to go to. Like they, Mm -hmm. and it was the sentencing and all of it was something that was unprecedented. Exactly. One of the important things I think that we should address is that if someone, it feels like they're being stalked, that there's, there's a test that you can take like a quiz in there, Jennifer. Oh, I'm sure. Yes. There's plenty of them. Um, and it, I mean, it just kind of puts things, and, and one of the things that I listened to is talking about, and I can't think of the, the name of it. It was something simple. So of course I can't remember it, but <laughs> it is, it helps you by lining out the timeline of all of your incidents and puts it in a manner in which you can hand it over to law enforcement or mm-hmm. to um, your attorney. And it takes out all the personal stuff and it gives yeah. them like the, a check, kind of a, a, a play by play of what's going on without it being you being an emotional woman or an emotional man, you know, mm-hmm. it just kind of, tames it down, I guess, and helps them see, because I think a lot of times, and I know um, just from people who I've, I've seen in these scenarios themselves going through it, is you feel crazy. You feel like you sound crazy. And people don't take you serious because of it. I mean, and I hate to say that, you know, but how many times have you heard in the the retelling of a story well she's just a bitter ex Mm -hmm. or you know you know and i mean this is this is a red flag and i mean god knows i've said it a number of times myself but you know when someone's always talking about their crazy ex you know sometimes you got to look and read through the lines and see what they're not saying right yeah yeah so, and I always think, like, what else don't I know? And honestly, guys, I was trained on this. I mm-hmm. saw some, the red flags that can be there, but once it's happening, it's real hard to put it into words because, and that's one of the things that I learned about when I was doing training for it. Um, I remember the guy, like, putting up a picture of a rose on the windshield. Like, you know, he put it on her car. Okay, then the next day, there's trash thrown about in her yard. Then the next day her mailbox blows up. He goes individually. It could have been the teenagers that did that to the mailbox. It could be somebody, you know, somebody kicked the garbage can over or a mouse or a raccoon got into it, whatever. But what a victim of stalking feels is that is him. He's bad. Yeah. Well, and that's another thing too, is it can happen to anyone trained professionals can can be stalked straight i mean it it doesn't have a socioeconomic or a race or any time it, it can happen to any gender um, or age it, mm-hmm. it happens more to women um than, than to men but i mean i was joking around with jen yesterday saying that you know i think all 14 15 year old girls could be stalkers if <laughs> <laughs> some of the stuff that we did back when we were young but um but she she made a point of saying it was about the intent behind it. Yeah. You know? yeah. Well, and then like and anybody can be a stalker too. And there's so much intent, like and the intent behind it can be completely different. And like, you know, like we've mentioned before, like they all try to downplay it and they're like, well, this is what my intent was. 
But like whatever the stalker's intent is, like it doesn't it doesn't necessarily matter what their intent is because they're like, oh, well, I was never going to hurt them or I was only playing jokes. But it's like, but you were literally terrorizing this person. And if they didn't know who and they didn't know who it was and you were leaving these threatening things and you were doing this and it's like, I don't care if you thought it was a funny joke. It's not like you literally disrupted and just completely destroyed this person's sense of safety and just absolutely terrorized them. So I don't care what your intent was if you're harassing somebody to that extent. There's nothing. Well, and that's the difference between, I think, the teenage girl scenario is what I was getting at. I'm like, mm-hmm. teenage girls are wanting to know what the cute boy is doing that night and where he's yeah. at with his friends. I go, they just want to see them. They're not saying, I own them. Yeah. Or I have a right to go past every boundary they try to put in my, put in my way to get to them. Nope. That's a whole different kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and they usually just show mind. up. They don't leave things at their door. Right. Well, in in the case with my um, ex-husband, it was when everything first started happening, I really never anticipated that he would do anything to hurt me. And within three or four months after the divorce, I was scared to death of him. Because he lost that control over me and he was doing anything he could to get it back. Well, and if you look at domestic violence, it's the same thing. Yeah, I mean, you're in the most danger when you leave the person. Exactly. Again, never, I never knew. That's one of the things that I'm a big advocate for having these shows and, and making these conversations happen is because, you know, I wasn't informed. I did not know what I was going through. I didn't know that, you know, th- there was help out there for, for it. Um, I was lucky. I had, a, I had a pretty, pretty good attorney, but um, who was a friend of my dad's and he, you know, put a stop to it. But, um, you know, as best he could, because he asked me if we wanted to take him back to court, we could and sue him. And I was like, well, no, because if he had nothing to lose, who knows what he would do? You know, this right. is what he's doing now. And he's got a great job and, you know, who knows? So but, here's, sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was just going to say this. Anna Nasset is also um, a victim's advocate and she's a speaker now because awesome. of everything that happened to her. And these are things mm-hmm. that she said before you go to a police station to report stalking, go to the local crisis center or shelter yes. and ask for an advocate. Because you can take an advocate with you. She said that when her stalker was arrested in 2012, she was assigned an advocate through a local advocacy services center. And then whenever the charges were brought against him in 2017, she was assigned a victim witness coordinator. She said she never knew any of these things existed, but there is a national organization for victim assistance called NOVA. Mm-hmm. And they they provide victim advocates also. They're, it says a victim advocate provides non-judgmental support, education, and advocacy to victims and survivors of crime. So it's important, especially if you don't know what to do and you feel like you're going crazy. You need to get those advocates because they can help you work through that and they can help you report everything because they'll help you get your thoughts together. 
Well, and there's also SPARC, which is the Stalking Prevention Awareness and Resource Center. Um, yeah, I have that on awareness.org. So, yeah, there's a lot of resources out there. But like I said, it's just making sure that, you know, people are aware that they have got recourse and um, that they're not alone. Because I think that's one of the other things. Is it's very embarrassing. You know, you don't want anyone to know that this happened to you, but you can't be because it's happened to everybody. I mean, or not everybody, but most most everyone has been touched by it either through a friend or family member or the, their own personal mm -hmm. experience. Yeah. And imagine working in the field that I did, especially I had a lot of domestic violence advocates that I was friends with. I certainly didn't want to call all of them, <laughs> let them know what was happening. But I did call one and um, left her a voicemail and she said that she called me back and some man answered on my cell phone. Mm -hmm. I said, that's not possible because I've had my phone. She said, I, I know the number. But he said, there is nobody at this, this number named that. Oh, when, this so happened, when, when this it, happened when this happened to me. Jen, your story keeps getting scarier the more <laughs> you talk about it. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I, well, it was pretty scary at the time, but, you know, I yeah. did reconnect with her, oh gosh, probably uh, 2019, and she was like, that was so scary, and I wanted you to call me back so badly, and I said, well, he had control of that phone. Yeah. I, I, I had lost all control of it. Well, and that's one of the things um, that I had to do in my situation was, and this is, again, is because of my attorney's advice, which is, do everything you can to distance yourself from the situation. Do not engage. If he reaches out to you, do not have any contact with him. You know, keep it, everything separate. But there were friends that we had that at the time, because of all the stuff and the way he put a spin on it, they felt like, oh, poor whatever his name was. He's just heartbroken. And, you know, it, and basically that he was the, the victim and so mm -hmm. I had to stop being friends with them. Well, within, I would say, probably a year or two, they saw the truth. And, but, you know, you can't tell anybody, you can't tell anyone this is what's happening to me. Because they, they you know, he's already spun his side of the story. So it was um, complicated. And like I said, you know, for people, it's very isolating. If you don't have a strong support system, I'm lucky that my dad was there for me. But um, I lost a lot of good friends over it. I feel like I was I was really lucky too because like the this guy like he never hid anything that he was doing, and everybody that was around me was aware almost immediately. Like people were always telling him. Like my roommates were like the first ones that they were just like this guy, they're like, he's always there. And I was like, I don't know what he's doing. And I was just kind of brushing it off at this point. And like I said, like the guy that eventually confronted him, he was like ready to report him to all our professors. And he's like, you need to make sure, cause we were both theology majors. So he's like, you need to make sure he's not in any of your classes next semester. And I was like horrified at the idea that he would have been. And, um, and he wasn't. And, um, my friend was like, oh, yeah. He's like, I made sure. He's like, I actually said something to the professors. And so, like, our um, our professors made sure that we weren't in any of the same classes. And um, it was just like, 
you know, like I was just kind of like, oh, well, he's just kind of weird and creepy. And my friends were like, no, this isn't normal. Like, this isn't okay. Like, this could escalate. And luckily, it was able to be shut down. And I just made sure, like, um, to like, I was just, I was on edge. Like, luckily, it was like my senior year. And so it was just like, okay, like, I was done and I moved away and never, I actually haven't been back since. But, um, like, it was just one of those things that it was like, I was downplaying it. And I still, like, don't feel like, I'm like, okay, it was still, like, it was stopped before it escalated more. But it was like, I just feel like I had such a good support system because they were, like, way more worried about them in the situation than I was. I was just like, I don't know. He's just weird. And they're like, no, he's not just weird. So there's one other... Um one other tool that somebody that's experiencing harassment or abuse or stalking mm -hmm. can use to keep track of what's going on. And it's called the DocuSafe evidence collection app. I think that's it. DocuSafe. And it, it's, it just allows you to keep track of uh screenshots or videos or threatening messages it allows you to collect all of that you have it in one place and of course if somebody gets hold of your phone then obviously that would be an issue but i don't know how the app works exactly i just know that that's available for anybody that needs to to use it and i did well, look the important thing is to back all that stuff up too if you're right. having a tech issue like jen was if someone can get into your documents or your computer Make sure that you've got hard copies and that you've got stuff backed up on a thumb drive somewhere. Yeah, I didn't know about a lot of that stuff just because I, I didn't, I didn't know of anybody else who had had all that stuff happen to them to that degree. Plus, mm -hmm. I w had been married to him, so I know sometimes I, you know, I would give him information about myself so he could get into pretty much any account I had. I had to go change everything. You know, what's scary about your situation is that when y'all were dating, you were being stalked by somebody else mm -hmm. and he knew that. Oh, it's a different husband. Sorry. That was husband number two that I'm talking about. Husband number one that is this. Husband the number one is the father of her child. Okay, okay. Okay. I wasn't, I was understanding what Finley was. I was like, he stopped this guy or he was dealing with this stalking situation before you were okay. dating. And then he ended up doing it. But okay. It was different guys. Nope. I ended up getting divorced from him, but he, uh, he did yeah. not do the stalking. That was husband number two. Okay. I'm sorry. No, no, no. I probably I was wasn't really clear with all of it. <laughs> I mean, it I was, was like, how could he watch you go through that and then put you through like even worse? Like, oh, or yeah. I don't even know if it was even worse, but just longer, I guess. And more. Controlled. So husband number two was the worst of the, the stalking. I mean, that first one was the boyfriend. And I used to see him, though, like in between, <laughs> like after that, that breaking my door in incident. Mm hmm. For the next 10 years, occasionally I think I'd see him in a crowd. I mean, it still affected me. I remember he, I found out he lives 
on the other side of the same state I'm in. And it just freaked me out. Like, oh, yeah. I mean, granted, he's three and a half, four hours away, but it doesn't matter. I it was doesn't. like, oh, and he put a friend request in with me on Facebook. And oh, my. I mean, yeah, that's that's stuff I'm like, did you think we were friends? Because we're not. Well, that was how Jennifer and I got, um, y'all know we went to high school together, but we had kind of um, lost track of each other over the years. Yeah. And she reached out to me because of him. Um, do you want to tell him? No, go right ahead. No, she, he was um, friending her friends on Facebook and stuff to spy, use them to spy on her. And I was one of the mm -hmm. friends. I was like the last friend that um, she saw on something that he had. But um, and I had no ownership. idea. His yeah. gun website that he made. It's just like a I love guns kind of place. Yeah, um, last, last I'd heard they'd gotten married. And that was, you know. And I had, I, I'm sure I asked you to join that group because he was trying to get numbers and get his numbers up. And so I was like, yeah, go, please go ahead and join that and oh my god <laughs> so yeah but it was a good thing that you and i did reconnect well yeah for everybody yeah i'm like i'm happy you guys reconnected not happy about <laughs> the circumstances <laughs> but i'm happy you, you did <laughs> it was one of those things where it was also a couple years after and i was kind of I got back on Facebook as an, like there was two years I got off of Facebook. I, I actually worked at a computer place cause I wanted to understand how things happened. And it was like a lot of, like I said, I, I have, I had my business. I didn't have my business anymore. So I had to get, I had to learn about computers and security and phones and mm -hmm. all of it. Yeah. It works. So I did that for a while and then I went back to my business. Well, I'm glad y'all are all here and safe. <laughs> Me too. Me too. Same. Yeah. I just, it's just but crazy. Guys, keep in mind, he never threatened anything. He just tried to control everything I did. Yeah. But even if he's not like threatening the controlling and the literally cutting off your source of communication, that's mm -hmm. terrifying. Yeah. Not being able to get in touch with people. That's right. whether or not there's an actual threat of physical violence. Like, yeah. So when you go to police, you're like, he's in my phone. He put parental no. controls. Actually, the judge said that to me when I was being cross-examined. I said I had parental controls on my phone and I didn't even know it. Mm -hmm. And she goes, well, isn't that a good thing to have like, you know, certain websites that you can't go to so you don't get viruses and things like that? And I said, no, not when you don't even know it's on there. And they can shut your internet and data and messaging all down mm -hmm. in one foul swoop. Nope, yeah. not good at all. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. No, it's absolutely horrifying. And it's like, and um, again, like I just like I really recommend like if if people are interested to like kind of get this the like stalker side the I am a stalker on Netflix because it like it really was interesting to me just the way that like the way that they think about it and it's 
full of victim blaming. There's always a reason that they're like, oh, it's, it's their fault that this started. There's always a reason. They're always blaming them. They always downplay everything. And they're just like, oh, it wasn't a big deal. I was never going to hurt them. I was never going to do this. I was never going to do that. And the way that they just like downplay everything in their minds is just, it's scary, but really interesting. Absolutely. I mean, I love that you mentioned The Invisible Man. I know there are other shows, movies. Um, Lifetime probably has 20 of them. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. But I mean... Well, the, that you, um, the you. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, the series, yeah. Also mm -hmm. very triggering. Remember, he has her phone. Yeah. And he's the able first, to The first season was so messages. creepy. Yep. Yeah, it was able to act and seemed like such a good guy mm -hmm. right and then he's able to access all of her messages through her phone that he stole yeah and it's and it's again with the victim blaming because in the end everything that happened was her fault in his mind you know yeah well and in our society we do that we do that oh, with yeah. well one of the biggest questions why would you give him access to your accounts I was married to him. What, yeah, why wouldn't your husband have access? Like, <laughs> you don't think that you should be afraid of that? Yeah, That's not something they teach you. I, I, I used to make a joke. Can I make my joke, Heather? Of course. Is, I have my dark humor. I had to have it, and <laughs> I said a man would have a better chance of getting in my pants than my passwords at this point. <laughs> I mean, I would agree, though. That's pro it's probably safer. <laughs> it was very true. I was like, if I'm going to, and sorry to say it, I still like men. And I was like, boy, if I could switch teams, this would be a great time. Oh um, gosh, I said the same thing. And I'm not trying to like, but I mean, and that's one thing. I'm just like, you know, people that are like, oh, it's a choice that they're making. I'm like, if I could make that choice, I honestly would. Because men, mm -hmm. not where it's at. But uh Unfortunately, I still like them. <laughs> I know. Me too. I'm with you. <laughs> um, but I mean, they're just, they're terrifying. Like I've had lots of reasons to be scared of guys in my life. And I'm just like, they're terrifying. And that's probably why I'm single, honestly, because I'm too scared to like, why would I? Nope. You can say women were taught from a very, very young age. You know, when you would go down that dark alley with your mom and she'd pull you a little closer and hold your hand a little tighter. And mm -hmm. you knew what she was thinking. Okay, she's scared, so I need to be on alert. Like, there's something to be afraid of. Well, I mean, as an example, my husband was in a car with a guy, and it was the respective person in the car with me's husband, and we were following them, and they were supposed to park, and we were all going to go into the same place. They pulled down a dark alley to park. It was, like, on the side of the building, but it was pitch black over there. And I said absolutely not and I backed right back up so I thought where are they going do they know of another parking lot behind the building or something no they wanted to park in that little alleyway and I thought yeah they don't think any no woman alive that would feel good about doing that nope. and I said you know we went and parked under the light like you're supposed to men don't have the same like spidey sense I don't know if that's the right word for it but there's not the danger that goes along with that kind of just a small thing. They were like, well, what's the big deal? It's right by the door, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, no. Mm -hmm. Women would never want to park down there. Yeah. They just have an intuition. We know mm -hmm. 
if something feels off, it's yes. probably off and we need to just go the other way. Well, and how many times did you think like, well, what woman would want to go down that alleyway? And so if a woman does follow her husband and park in that same alleyway, what was she doing parked there? That'd be the first question. Oh, yeah. If she was attacked, that would be the very first thing. Well, why did you park in an alleyway? Well, your guys don't think two seconds of it. And then, but if a woman does it and something happens, why was she there? And I think, like, I. What was she wearing, by the way? (laughs) (laughs) Like, at least for the past 13 years, I've always had a keychain pepper spray. Always. And guys see it and they're just like, oh, why do you have that? And girls see it and there's a whole market, I'm telling you, of like just girly ones. And they've gotten girlier. Like when I first started doing it, like pretty much they were all black. Now you can get them in glitter and leopard print and like... (laughs) And it's just like, it's very marketed towards women. And so like, I'll have like, I think right now the one I have is purple and like women see it and they're like, oh, that's really cute. Where did they, where did you get it? Because they are like, well, I want to have it too. And then the one I have right now, I really like, um, so it has that, but then it also has, you can twist off the end and it has like a spike. So like you can hit a window to break it if you need to, or like, so it has, I mean, like it's a spike. You could do other things with it if needed, but a lot of times if they found there was a percentage and it, it wasn't a huge percentage, but it was enough of a percentage where they said sometimes pepper spray can be dangerous because a lot of times they'll take, a, take it away from you mm-hmm. and spray you instead of the other way around. Um, yeah. I actually had a Kubaton, which is this weapon, basically. It's got a real pointy end and you can shove it into somebody's eyeball or whatever. Yeah if you need to, to protect yourself. I also, there's brass knuckles and they, it looks like a kitty cat and it's got real pointy ears. Now, what's funny about that story is I can't have cats. I'm allergic to them, but I have that on my keychain. Well, there's, I'm trying to think, I'm actually looking it up really quick. There's literally a company that all they do is sell women self-defense. Yep. And it's all girly. Like everything is like pink and glitter and they have like they have parties it's like tupperware parties but for self-defense for women and like it's because this is this is what we go through on a daily basis and you know out of the four of us here three of us have been stalked to some degree like it's it's just the reality that we live in um and guys don't think twice about it no well, until they've been stalked. Until know? they've been stalked. They, until it's happened to them. Well, yep. do y'all remember, and this isn't a stalking case, but it was, I think, on Jenny Jones, where the guy had a crush on another guy. Yeah, yeah. and it was. Yeah. Oh, and he ended up murdering him. Yeah. Yeah. Because he was embarrassed. Yeah. So when the guy confronted him on the show. I do remember that. And there was so much, like, there was the homophobia piece. There were so many other parts to it. You don't really hear of a clean case of a woman stalking a man just the way that it happens with men. Not to the degree. Not that I've heard. Not as often either, for sure. Um, I mean, you hear about, like, David Letterman had a stalker. And you hear about the celebrities. Maybe it's closer, but you have the Madonna person, you know, that was trying to get at her. And mm-hmm. that's well, more celebrity what, what was talking. That, 
oh my god that girl that got killed by her stalker it was like in the 80s she was on my sister sam um that was like the first celebrity stalker that murder mm-hmm. that i knew about mm-hmm. oh gosh um, i knew her name for so long shoot my sister sam yeah um and uh, the one that was Mindy of Mork and Mindy, that was the mom on the show. Rebecca Schaefer was that. There we go. Name. Yep, that's her. Well, um, so but I mean, with celebrity stalking cases, you also have a lot of men because the guy that killed John Lennon was a guy. What was his mm-hmm. name? Um, I'm gonna say it wrong, so I'm not even gonna say it. <laughs> um, <laughs> I know who you're talking about, but again. It's a man stalking another man. Mm-hmm. And with Rebecca Schaefer, it was a man stalking her. And celebrity stalking, it happens with men. It happens to men as well. Um, but you don't hear much about the day-to-day because men will be like, oh, you know, well, she doesn't David, leave me alone. <laughs> David Letterman had that female stalker that she right. um, kept breaking into his house. I'm saying celebrity stalking in my mind is a little bit different than your day-to-day stalker. Because <coughs> I mean, it's, you know, she thought she had a magical relationship. I mean, there's been people on, anybody in, on the TV, there was the newscaster woman that, um, God, where was it? I want to say it was Detroit, but she was being stalked and he believed that she really wanted to be in a relationship with him. and Oh, yeah, that was pretty recent, wasn't it? Yeah, it's been, it's happened more than a few times, but yes. Yeah. Well, what about, and I can't, I know Lenora Claire, I worked with her um, when I worked for Break the Silence, but she, um, she was stalked by the same guy that stalked um, Ivanka Trump. And that was, I think, what got him stopped was Ivanka's people got him stopped. But do y'all remember that? Ivanka not being stopped? I don't really remember. Um, There was one that was um, Faulkner. Gosh, what is her first name? Harris Faulkner. She's from Kansas City. She's now, I believe, on Fox News. She is. Okay, good. Um, She actually was, I saw her speak, because this is where she was stalked, basically. I mean, so it happens everywhere. Well, this guy, okay, he has a habit of stalking people, because I just pulled him up. He got arrested in Utah. Salt Lake City for stalking someone there. Um, But he previous stalked Ivanka and that uh, Claire, Lenora Claire. And Lenora Claire, she started a nonprofit for stalking. She's she's a big deal um, in, I think... LA, she's involved with like the district attorney there with um, helping getting stalking laws improved and stuff. But, you know, she's like a casting director. But she um, had told me that she could, who was it that played Casey Novak on 
criminal intent. I think she had been stalked too. And I know that you're saying celebrities, but I'm thinking that these are women who were stalked by the same stalker, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, and I think that that's common that um, somebody that's stalking people, like they're repeat offenders. Like, uh-huh. you know, like they might have the one case where it like escalates to like something, but like you look into their past and they've done it before. And so I think it makes sense that with celebrity stalkers, it's the same, like, you know, there's people that they will, they'll just keep, they'll just keep stalking different people for different reasons. Well, do you think that, the internet is making it easier to stalk people or more commonplace? I think it can be easier, especially. Um, Definitely. Yeah. Like, especially well, with location tracking and all that. Like, Well, I mean, it, how many people, and I know that y'all probably, I've said it myself, y'all probably have too, is, oh, I Instagram stalked or I Facebook stalked. Mm-hmm. And it's just become yeah. part of our, our normal way we talk about it. But, I mean, the reality is that people are. Yeah, but there's a really big difference between being like, oh, there's this guy that I kind of like, but we're not necessarily on that level of we're going to be Facebook friends yet, but I'm going to go check out his Facebook profile or there's this guy I'm getting ready to go on a date with and I want to check out his like Instagram. Like there's a big difference between doing something like that and being like, oh yeah, I cyber stalked him and like looking at where people's geo tags are and their location is and like breaking into their phone so that you can see where they are at all times. Like there's a really big difference between that. And so, and that's what I was getting at is that when I was talking about the difference between like the innocent, and I believe it is innocent a lot of times just wanting to know more about the person. Yeah. I found what I was talking about earlier, and Gwen, I'm sorry if it is the same thing. I don't remember what you said, but it's called the SHARP test, and it's a stalking and harassment assessment and risk profile. No, that's not what I was talking about earlier, okay. but that's kind of cool. Thank well, you I have found um, a link to it. I'm going to put it in the chat so, so Landa can look at it because she's here. <laughs> <laughs> I think she's our only person who's online. But yeah, there you go. Um, so hopefully anybody needs that. But that's the that's the tool. And I'll put it in the private chat too so y'all can go over and look at it if you want to. Cool. But, um, but yeah, that's a pr- pretty cool thing that um, can make sure, you know, and one of the things that it does say is, before you use it, make sure to read the statement because if your computer is being tracked, you know. Yeah. Uh, one of the red flags with domestic violence is something that I do know. Um, and it's when the other person kind of makes you their hobby, that's a, that's a red flag. Like they want to know everything about you, where you go, who you talk to. Um, and in the beginning of a relationship, that can be really confusing. It can seem like, oh, he just is so into me that he wants to know all about me and and he's saying all the right things. But if, you know, he leaves 12 red roses and then on the 13th day he leaves you, you know, he starts with the yellows. And that is obsessive compulsive type behavior you mm-hmm. might want to look at. 
I think one of the biggest red flags I ever got from a guy that I had just started talking to, uh, I was I was a waitress at the time and I kept my phone in my purse in the office during my shift. So I never had my phone on me during my shift. And I worked about a six hour shift and came back and had like 50 text messages from this guy. And he was just like, it started super friendly and being like, how are you? Blah, blah, blah. And it was like a six hour shift. Maybe I think I worked from like 10 to four. And by the end of them, they were just so angry. Why aren't you like, why aren't you responding to me? And I talked to this guy maybe twice. Like, why aren't you talking to me? What's going on? And I was just like, nope, blocking your number. I didn't even respond. I was just like, nope, done. Like people that get super into what I'm doing. And I mean, obviously that guy was an extreme case, but people that are super into what are you doing? Where are you going? What are you like? why aren't you responding to me from the very first conversation? Huge red flag. Well, and I think there are young girls that would think, oh, look how much he cares about me. And I think that's where it gets confusing. Yeah. And there's, there's going to be plenty of girls that'll go, I'm sorry, I have to keep my phone and they'll explain themselves. I think, it was wise for you to do that, but I don't think the red flags are something that a teenage girl is going to see as a red flag. She's going to yeah, say, when you're how much he likes All you want is attention from a guy. You're just yeah. going to be like, oh, he was worried. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm sorry. I, you know, it's the rule of the owner or whatever, but you would explain yourself. Whereas you were like, hell to the no. Yeah. <laughs> like, not like you don't even know you. me you can't be worried about me you have no right. like and like and that happens like that like I've noticed that that's like a common trend like there's so many guys like on apps or whatever and it's like you start talking and then it's like you don't respond like um you know I was on one not not that long ago and this guy got really mad that I didn't respond to him. And I was just like, Oh, like I'm not on this app every day. And he like started cussing me out. And I was just like, what is wrong with people? But ownership. I mean, I don't know. I'm sitting here because I'm looking at the, like the laws and stuff mm-hmm. and it's serious in every state, but y'all know every state has different stalking laws. So yeah. I was just looking at like, some in Mississippi because I'm, I'm on a deep dive over here on my computer but um it was talking about like in 2021 it was reported that multiple members of the University of Mississippi's fraternity one of their fraternities were arrested mm-hmm. for cyber stalking I didn't even think about that but yeah cyber stalking kind of completely blurs that line of um who you stalk and why yeah and I think like we're in this world of instant gratification and everybody has their phones all the time. So it's like people just get to be, to get to that point where it's like, they want you to respond immediately. They think that you should. And like, it blurs the lines of like, when is it acceptable to be like, why didn't you respond right away? But then to get aggressive about it is like, is just a big thing. Like huge red flag. Don't be aggressive. If any guys are watching, don't be aggressive and don't think people owe you anything just because they're talking to you. Right. 
And, and don't think it's shady. If she right. turns off her ringer, like, don't think that that kind of thing is shady just because she wants some alone time. Like, that you're allowed to have that, too. I think as females, we're also taught to be nice and say yes and, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> and, and accommodate. And if you are a guy, realize that, you know, there's going to be times when you can't get a hold of her. Yeah. And that's okay. What is it? I think it's, um, sorry, I listen to so many podcasts, so I might have this wrong, but I think it's my favorite murder. They say um, F politeness because because it's true. Like, don't be polite. Like, you don't have to be polite, especially if you're feeling like you're in a potentially dangerous situation. Well, and I'm going to I'm going to say this. That doesn't give you a pass to be an asshole. No, but you don't have to be polite. You can mm-hmm. be polite and still be nice. But yeah. if someone is bothering you or harassing you, it is within your right to say, I'm Stop not it. comfortable with this. Mm-hmm. Leave me alone. Yeah. And if yeah, someone continues, I mean, they're not respecting your boundaries. That's not going to change. Yeah. If they won't respect the little boundaries, trust, they will not respect the big ones. Exactly. Right. And I just, what you said about, like, the ringers being turned off, Jen, I'm like, I can't remember the last time I had my ringer on. (laughs) Yeah. I'm like, I don't want my phone to make noise at me. Like, (laughs) it needs to be quiet all the time. (laughs) So if I'm not paying attention to my phone, I can miss a call very easily. And And I do. Well, I'm sitting here going, oh, my God, I hope nobody thinks I'm stalking because I see that texting excessively can be stalking. And I usually will text about three times in a row. (laughs) But it's because I hit hit enter. (laughs) I'm used to the return on the typewriter. No, I do that, too. I'll send somebody like three or four texts, just like blah, 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 blah. But the difference is if I'm having a conversation and I'm just like, oh, hey, blah, blah, blah. And then like. And like friends and I have had this conversation like, oh, sorry that I'm blowing up your phone with all these texts, but I just thought of stuff. And I'm like, but I'm not expecting an immediate response. Exactly. And I'm not going to get upset about not having an immediate response. So I might send you 10 texts right now, but if you don't respond even until two days later, I'm not going to be upset about it. I'll just be like, okay, whatever. No. Like, it is, it, is stre- it is stream of, con- of consciousness for me, but that's not the same as, and I've, I've seen this happen with a friend of mine um, when she was going through her divorce, she, her um, soon to be ex-husband would send her, he would just berate her text after text after text after text mm-hmm. after text. Why aren't you responding? Why aren't you, what are you doing? Who are you with? You know, that that's more of the harassing kind mm-hmm. of texting, not, not the, um, controlling and I'm feeling entitled yes. entitled exactly. to a response immediately. No, that's a good word for it. Cause that's kind of the, the thing, one of the common threads, I mean, there's more multiple common threads, but with stalking is they feel like they have an entitlement to your attention, to information to about your life to know mm-hmm. what's going on, they feel entitled to all of that. Like, I don't, I might text you a bunch, but I don't feel entitled to anything about your responses or when you look at them. Yes. Like, I'm just like, here's all this, do with it, do with it what you will. <laughs> well, like I said, they, they had a better shot of getting in my pants than my passwords. Right? <laughs> 
I'm like, why would you, why would you do passwords? And I do, I actually have like, I mean, I'm not like, I have no real reason to, but everything on my phone's actually fingerprint protected. See, mine's not even that. Mine is, you have to know my code because yeah. my fingerprint, how do I say this? Okay. So one of the things that happens when you use your face as mm -hmm. your lock unlock, um, people can put it on your face. I mean, oh, yeah. and have control over your phone. They can also, um, like me, sleep really heavy and have somebody use your finger to open your phone. Yeah. I guess I don't, I mean, I sleep alone, so I don't, Yeah. I don't think about, like, it's not a concern to me at the moment, but I, but that's definitely something like if you're sleeping, um, they could definitely do that. But. Next to your husband. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. So, no, I learned from that. I was like, no more of that business. You know, it, you just have to think kind of, how do I keep my stuff protected and with me now? My passwords, um, I don't know if you guys know this, but if you put your password in your phone um, for all kinds of different accounts, for whatever app you have in your phone, a lot of times it's automatically logged. Yeah. My phone's always asking me, do you want to save this password? And I'm like, stop asking that. I don't want you to save any of my passwords. None of them. Like, no. There's a bunch of apps that also track it for, mm -hmm. um, that also track that kind of thing. And so you just have to be aware of it. Actually, yeah. Facebook used to have something, and I don't know if they still do. I don't really care because I made sure that that would be shut down. But um, they also have something that would track your passwords, and so does Google. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and they just save all this stuff automatically. And I'm like, stop. Like, I mm -hmm. don't, I don't want this stuff saved. And, but it, it is, it's just stuff that happens automatically and you can get it to not happen, but you have to know where have to, to know to do that security yeah. settings and all of that to get it turned off. Pretty frightening when you think about it that way, like all of your stuff that you think is secure, it, like your, your cable, you know, if you have internet through your cable company, those two things are intertwined and then you have your your password for your internet mm -hmm. on your phone yeah in your passwords there's there's i can't remember what the name of it is but i get like emails every once in a while because i've never completed the sign up for it and it's something through my job and it's like a thing that it's like oh here use this and it stores all your passwords and it's like it's my work passwords so like my work stuff is completely separate from my personal stuff obviously but I'm just like, I don't want passwords for anything stored anywhere on the internet. Yeah. Like, or in any sort of data system. I don't want my passwords stored anywhere. I want them in my head and that's it. Like, right. And Google's one of the biggest defenders of that. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you guys know that, but they, there's like a part, I think they call it the locker or something like that. But basically that's all your passwords, anything you've put in there when your Google account was open is going to be on there, including your internet at home. Yeah. Well, I can't believe we've been talking for so long. Yeah, we've been talking for a while. <laughs> this is a hot topic. So let me go ahead and um, Finley, do you have anything you want to add? No, ma'am. 
anybody I've been listening. Got anybody, any websites you want to share or advice as we close up? Um, my only advice would be be aware of your surroundings. Yeah. Um, trust your instincts and trust your gut. And yeah, that's like, and, and if something's happening to you, report it, make sure you, your friends know and keep track of everything that's going yeah. on. Okay. Well, I've got a few things. Number one, if you're in immediate danger, call 911. Mm-hmm. Number two, let everybody know what's going on with you. Tell your friends, tell your family, tell your your neighbors, tell the police. If you think someone is stalking you, you want everybody to know. So if they notice anything suspicious that you might have missed, it gets reported. Um, make sure that you're keeping good notes. Take screenshots of text messages and anything threatening. And just keep a, a accurate log of everything. And don't be scared to go to your local domestic violence shelter or um, any other advocacy in your area or the local police um, to make sure that you're getting taken care of. So we want mm-hmm. you to be safe. That's the number one thing. Yep. And remember that it's not your fault. Yes. Yes. This can happen to anyone. It, it can happen to anyone, no matter how knowledgeable you are on the subject. Right. And anybody can, like, it. anybody can be a stalker. Like, there's, it it yeah. can be a family friend. It can be someone you met on a dating app. It can be someone you grew up with. It mm-hmm. doesn't matter. It can literally be anyone. Yep. Mm-hmm. All right. So I'm going to wrap this up, guys. And it has been a great conversation. I really enjoyed today. Thanks, everyone who showed up. Landa, you're always a rock star in our eyes. Yep. And um, until next time, guys, stay weird. Thank you. Bye. Thanks, y'all.